Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. Sonia, great to talk to you again. A bit of a topsy-turvy up see down the week for me and my training we have a big week for all of our listeners in that our first event for the Irishman running abroad takes place this weekend maybe Sonia you could explain a little bit more about what the remote global 5k for Ireland funds is exactly and how easy it is for people to do this well, it's really easy to, um, I suppose we have to sign up through the Ireland Funds webpage and then just plan where you're going to run 5K on the 19th of September, which is this coming Saturday. So the time has gone by really fast. So hopefully you've all felt it's gone really fast while you've been out there training, including you, Gerlot. Yeah, it has. It has and completely flown. I mean, I... Uh... I, I thought that that seemed miles away to me, September 19th. But I guess we're going to get into it this week uh, and on this episode, what people have been feeling because we opened the mailbag up uh, this week. Do you get asked questions all the time? Do people stop you, Sonia, and go, "What what's your opinion of this? Like, do you get that a bit? I do a fair bit, yeah. I tend to get it more if I'm at an event and you know you end up running a little bit with people and they will I, I always find people tend to open up a bit more when they're running or walking alongside you that it's a kind of a moving conversation mm. and then I suppose I'm a bit more willing to talk as well because I quite enjoy when you're active and talking rather than standing yeah. talking and you can also run away if you don't like the question or you can pick up the pace of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll drop yeah. off then. Um, uh, so yeah, well, then the talk, the talking, the talking eases back a bit then as well, you know. So uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've had people do that to me as well. <laughs> uh, like obviously, you're getting you're getting asked some crazy questions, I'm sure. And uh, I mean, I don't think Irish people are exceptionally rude or anything, but like, there's there's always going there's always one, as they say. We haven't had a bad question here. In fact. At the start of the week, I decided that we should do a prize. The questions are so good. So uh, thepaddybox.com were in touch, who are an amazing Irish company who make these incredible gift packs for people around the world. If you go and check them out, thepaddybox.com, you'll love these boxes. They have a not-before-dinner box, which is basically a box full of Tato, Emeralds, Mikado, Jacob's Elites, Curly Whirly Bars, Dip Dabs, Purple Snacks, the greatest of all snacks. And they will send it to whoever the Irish person abroad is in your life. And they've offered us an elite box for the best question this week. But even if your question doesn't win, go and check out the paddybox.com. I had the opposite of a paddy box this week. I don't know if you were following this, Sonia. I did the juice cleanse from pureearth.com, which, you know, you're, you're not into You're not a cleanse person. You don't believe in that, I'm sure. I have done it in the past. I've probably tried everything, you know. It's really? always always looking for new different things to do. But I haven't done a juice diet now for quite a while. They're they're definitely a bit of a challenge. Massively. Um, especially for someone like So yeah, do you like say I especially really for someone like food. you, Charlotte? Was that a dig? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, for someone like me, I'm talking about myself. Okay. Now. Okay. What like I I, I don't I don't uh, know. I really why I keep doing this, but I tend to do one of these every six months. I used to do them quarterly and the whole idea for me is that they they reset everything. So if you ever basically, if you go back and visit Ireland 
and you have a mother-in-law like my mother-in-law who will not take no for an answer when she offers you food. The sensation of just being weighed down coming back from that or even just a stag weekend or something, I just have to reset and recalibrate and also kind of spark my metabolism again. That's the whole idea. But I was basically a fucking nightmare all last week and I really want to take this opportunity to apologize to my family and every person I interacted with because from Monday through Thursday I was so sad and so bleak and just felt horrid about myself and the world and it's usually not that hard but I don't know what it was and I was consulting our Strava group at Strava dot com forward slash Irishman abroad about whether you should run through this and maybe we should start with that question Sonia if you're feeling super low and this is a mental health question essentially and I should point out jigsaw.ie are our chosen charity partner an amazing Irish youth mental health charity where this question probably will come up too should I run in that situation I would say absolutely you should because running is one of the known things that people can do that will make them feel better. The only thing I would say is you should maybe, you would definitely head out the door thinking you're going to run slowly and allow yourself to kind of warm up into it. And then if you start to feel good during your run, then get going. But I, I wouldn't be looking at my watch as I'm running along on a day like that. But I would go out knowing that I'm going to feel a lot better when I come back in than sitting here wondering if I should go or not. I can fully, fully confirm this, Sonia, because on the on the the final day of the cleanse, I, you know, I hadn't eaten in three days. All I'd had was a nut milk once a day, a green juice once a day, a kind of a beetroot juice for lunch and then a, a broth in the evening. And I mean, I had nothing in the engine as far as I was concerned. And Tina was like, you got to eat something before you go. But I was like, no, no, stick to the cleanse. That's how it works. Beat all my personal best, ran my best times and felt a million dollars coming back. Like, I swear, the endorphins it released are one of our questions here. And I should go to this one next. Uh, It came in on Twitter just today before we went out and It's this thing that I basically experienced in that moment. Runner's high. Damien Byrne wants to know, is that something that everyone can achieve? Like how far away is he from it? He says, I've always read and heard about the runner's high. And right now, all I'm experiencing is pain and the struggle to breathe when running, uh, which he feels is getting better. But what does this high feel like? And as an amateur slash beginner, should I expect to ever get it? Or at what stage or level in my running journey should I get it? Well, yeah, I suppose the runner's high, it's it's probably a different interpretation by different people. And, you know, at different times, it like basically it's, you know, a release of endorphins and something that gives you a good feeling like you feel like you've achieved something after you've done a run and you know so if you've just done an easy run then it would be at a much lower level but you still get that same feeling of satisfaction that you've set out to do something that's beneficial to yourself both mentally and physically and for me particularly if I would go for my normal run in the morning time then you feel like you come back and you're energized from it and you're ready to take on the day. And, you know, that would be, you know, a level of the runner's high for me. Now, it's quite different if you go to an event or a run and you achieve a personal best or you maybe complete a marathon or something, a distance that you've never done before. Maybe you're a part of a team, you know, that wins a gold medal like I was yesterday, believe it or not, at the East Cork Cross Country. Very good. (laughs) Shout out East Cork. And Ballymore Cove Athletic Club, you know, it's a great thing to be part of a team when you can share your success with other people. So if you train with other people and you all go along to an event together and you support each other and then you, you know, you meet up afterwards and you might have a few drinks or go for something to eat and you're having a chat over your achievements. And, 
you know, even if one person in the group has achieved a big success, then everybody is happy for them because mm. they feel a part of that. So it isn't um, actually like I think that probably what's happened here with Damien Byrne is that it's probably been built up a bit too much as kind of a higher state of consciousness that's achieved by certain athletes at a certain level. Whereas what I understand the runners high to be is that flush that you feel through yourself as you reach your finish line, whether that's even in the shower or after you've put on your clothes and dried off and just feel that immense gratitude for life. That's what I understand it to be. Yeah, I mean, that would be it. You know, it's it's a, it's much it's not like you're bouncing off the walls and you're, you know, you can be buzzing a bit. And it also I think um, after someone's you know, particularly after a race, you find that if someone's been successful and they're very happy with themselves and they, you know, they've really achieved something, they they get really chatty and they can't stop talking because <laughs> they're so happy with themselves. And then what that does is it kind of lifts you to another level. So then when you start off doing your training the following week, you have a bit more of a buzz about yourself and a bit more, you know, you feel that you can do more than you ever thought possible because when you run a race or an event, and there's a big clock at the finish line, you know, there's a bit of an adrenaline kicks in there as well that will kind of push you to go a lot faster and to complete a distance much easier than you would if you decide to just do it any day during the week. Mm. Um, it's, it's quite different. And, you know, that, I suppose, is what a lot of people would be missing, you know, in, in recent months, um, that lack of a real proper event. And, mm. you know, there's, you know, you can get... A virtual event, you know, it can play a part along the way. But I think it's even greater if you do a virtual event and you link in with other people, which mm. is what we'll be doing next week in our 5K. You'll know there's other people around the world taking part in the same event and you'll be able to compare what you do with what they do. And, and that's, you know, a bit like on our Strava account there. You can check in with other people and see who you compare to. And it's just all about competitiveness creeping in. And, you know, we all have that at different levels. And I think maybe it's the competitiveness that brings out the runner's high. Okay, um, okay. So, you know, you might not always feel it at a higher level if you're just out there running by yourself. But if you're actually competing and there's something that pushes you to a higher level, then I think that's when you really get the, the buzz and the, you know, the kind of, it's just something, it's, it's an indescribable feeling, really. It's just... You're kind of happy with yourself, I suppose, in mm. a in a nice way. Yeah. So, um, so really, the, the answer satisfied. and the answer for Damien, uh, I think the unexpected answer within that that I learn is that actually having these written down goals for each run might be the way to step a little bit closer to it rather than beating yourself up over why am I not feeling happier? Maybe give yourself a reason to achieve your runner's yeah, high. And yeah, and I think you can't be out there chasing that goal every day either. You know, some days are definitely days when you need to take it easy and you're just going out there because you want to go for a run and not because you want to see how fast okay. or how far you're going. You can't try to run a PB every day. And, you know, you say that a lot of people who run park runs and they turn up to the park run, and we'll get to that sometime, they're off at the moment, the weekly 5K runs where people are trying to run a PB every weekend. And, you know, you have to... I suppose, pick a specific time when you're going to do that and really go for it. Mm. But you can't really go for it every time. OK, right. Well, let's go on to one that came up quite a bit. Uh, Richard Delavan sent this one in on Twitter as well as uh, James McTiernan. But I think James's one is the most well articulated. No disrespect to you, Richard. Sonia and Jarlath, I am what you might call an intermittent runner. I am nearly 43 years old and 15 years ago I ran my first marathon. I then didn't run for another six years. <laughs> when I started, then I started training for the Dublin City Marathon. I then decided to hang up the shoes for a few months, but it turned into eight years. And in the last year, I've been a little bit better and keep uh, running more regularly. Problem is, I stuck to running 5Ks and 10Ks for about a year. But this year, I signed up the Dublin City Marathon in October and I started raising the mileage and I started to get runner's knee. 
So this question relates to runner's knee as people's ears prick, which I could live with until last week after running three kilometers of a 5k fast-paced race. The knee just seized up with pain and I had to hobble the rest of the 2k home. I haven't tried running on it since, but I was wondering if you had any advice and whether I should continue training at all for the Dublin City Marathon. I'd reached a comfortable slow 10-mile run when this happened, and I'm afraid it might do longer-term damage, which might impact on any further running I do in the future. I really love the the podcast, which is a hey, Pat, I love the show. Keep up the running and great work. Kind regards, James in Sligo. What do you say to that, Sonia? Well, if he's had the knee problem on and off, and then it kind of, he's obviously pushing through it a fair bit if it brings him to a point where he has to stop. So I think he really needs to go and find out the cause of this problem. And the running is probably not the cause. That's just kind of, you're, you're feeling the pain when you're running, but that's probably not the cause of it. Mm. It's probably some other deep-rooted thing that's causing it, and it would be some imbalance of muscles or something that he probably needs to work on. You know, the thing with most runners is the most the easiest thing and the most efficient to do thing to do is to put on your shoes and run out the door. But sometimes we have to do these little rehabilitation exercises to build up the smaller muscles that they get a bit ignored sometimes and then eventually they start to complain. Mm. So I would think a visit to a physiotherapist or a physical therapist, like I'd ask around and find someone who's very proactive about helping you to, you know, find the cause of your problem rather than trying to treat the you know, what's coming out as the pain. Yeah. Because there'll be some underlying problem that you need to get to the bottom of. And if you get the right person, then they will help you to get through this. And they might, you know, tone down your running a little bit, but allow you to maintain some fitness while building up some strength in the muscles that are obviously not happy in there. And, and you know, pain is a warning sign. That's definitely telling you there's something not right here. And you do need to go and have it checked out. And, you know, I mean, it's very hard to advise someone on a physical, you know, problem like that. You know, I'm not a physio or anything. And, you know, it would just be from personal experience. You know, I don't, I haven't had any knee issues, even though I hear a lot of people asking about this. Knees always seems to be the thing. But, you know, once you do get it sorted out, I would look at my training, you know, and where you run. Um, you know, if you're running on roads and footpaths all the time, maybe you need to look at running on softer surfaces, you know, mm. a smooth grass field or along some nice trail in the forest, yeah. um, even a few days a week just to break it up a little bit. But I think the road and the footpath is a lot of wear and tear in the body if you're doing that all the time. Um, but I think yeah, I need to get to the, the cause of the problem first and then then work up and even it me if it means to slow down and to run less you know there is no Dublin marathon this year it's a virtual one mm. so there's not really the pressure to get to the start line so you know you have a year to to work with that okay. and um you know get get there feeling good because there's nothing worse than running with pain i don't like it myself i definitely stop you know i have pushed through things over the years but there comes a point and you know that something is not right and you have to sort it out because, you know, as, it, as enjoyable as running is and as good as you feel after it, you don't quite feel that good if you're if you're running in pain. Yeah, I mean, it's um it's a recurring theme and a lot of questions here. Uh, and even myself, uh, I started to have a pain on the outside of my left knee last week. And it was the first kind of sign where I was like, I knew I'd done something decent this week. As I said, I ran good times and was bumping it up, as you said, slowly, slowly, slowly getting higher. But I stuck a bit of ice on my shins this week. I I thought, is this a bit excessive to do this? But then shin splints are a thing we hear about all the time. And one question came in here from Paul Rutherford. He said, what are shin splints? And why are some people more prone to them than others? His, his guy, he's got a couple of questions in here. I saw a lad the other day wearing kind of socks over his shins. 
are these to prevent them? Should I invest in a pair? <laughs> He's very worried about shin splints, essentially. Can you help him? Yeah, shin splints, it's a bit of a generic term, I think, for probably a few different issues. Shin splints, from my understanding of it, is it's the, when the, the calf muscle starts to pull away from the bone Ooh. of your your shin bone oh, no. and it can get and then <laughs> but it can also get a bit gunged up in there <laughs> that's a very technical word so ice is good like if you go down like i can feel it here now if i'm going down putting my fingers down the inside of my shin bone and you feel a few lumpy bits in there and you get a lot of build up of that stuff in there what is it so if you do it's just gunk you know <laughs> it's, it's um <laughs> You'll have to look that up later and find out for sure. <laughs> okay. It's just kind of not, I think tight muscles is what it is. Right. So the muscles get tight and then they start to pull off, not pull off the bone, but they pull, they're kind of stretched a bit mm. too much from the bone. They're, they're not pliable and soft like they should be. So ice is good. That will kind of calm things down a little bit. If there's inflammation, it will, it will push it down a bit. But also, you know, massage is good to get some deep massage in there. And, you know, you can try to do that yourself. You could try and get on a roller and roll your calves up and down a roller. That's quite beneficial as well. But you need a bit of discipline to do that. Hmm. And, you know, it's very easy. You think about it while you're out running, you feel the pain and you say, oh, I must do the ice. I must do the massage. I must do the roller. And then you come back inside and you get distracted and you forget about it. And then you don't remember again until you go out for your next run and you think, oh, I never. I never got on top of that. So, so talk to me you know, about again, a roller real, a really to... quick because I, 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 I have had a foam roller. I've not owned one, but I've had people uh, encourage me to do it. Are we talking about those ones that you see down in the gym, the kind of pointy, spongy thing that's in the shape of a cylinder and you see lads resting their whole body on Like, you look like a, a tit doing it. And I often think that that's one of the turnoffs for people. But what what are we doing, first of all, with the foam rolling? And are you suggesting that this is one of the most essential pieces of kit that we need to have as runners? It's definitely pretty good. Yeah, it's the foam roller. You sometimes it's called a back baller. That's kind of and you would think that's only for your back, but it's actually for all over your body as well. Say that again. What's it called? The back baller. It's called the back baller. But they're useful for, um, they come with, a, with a, a routine of exercises. So there's 10 exercises and you can go from your ankles all the way up to your shoulders. And, you know, two minutes at a time. So about 20 minutes and you can give yourself a complete rollout. And that's the thing is all the muscles are connected. So if you're kind of rolling specifically on different muscles throughout your body, then you would think that you're, helping the muscles to be a bit more pliable, a bit more stretched out okay, and a bit more flexible so that then you don't have so many aches and pains when you head out for a run. Now, you can do this in the privacy of your own home so you're not worried about who's <laughs> watching you um, while you're watching TV or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's the foam roller is, it's definitely an injury prevention tool and it's a what we would call prehabilitation tool so you do some rehab exercises so that you don't get injured yeah and some people are very diligent with this and and you know they i suppose once you become diligent with anything and you see the benefits then you're more likely to keep on top of it and that's the thing with any injury is if you can keep on top of things before they turn into a real injury then you're doing yourself great benefit and and you're keeping yourself running which is what we all want to do okay next one let's keep hammering through them because we we have an awful we have an awful lot of them to get through what supplements if any supplements should all runners take now i I have wanted this question answered for a while because it feels like there's a multitude of supplements that it doesn't matter how many supplements you're taking. Someone will say, "Are you? You're not taking bromelain? What's wrong with you? It's the best anti-inflammatory <laughs> in the world." And it feels like we would be shoving fistfuls of stuff into ourselves if we were to listen to everyone's advice. Do you take supplements, Sonia? And 
have you at all thought about, well, what are the essentials? Again, it's it's like the juice diet. I've kind of tried different things over the years. and But now that I just run on a kind of normal level, I wouldn't take too many supplements. I think supplements are there if you're really training at a high level, if you're running very far. So if you're running more than an hour or if you're running at a very high intensity, you know, that's when you're kind of going to run out of readily available fuel in your body from your normal meals. So I would say, you know, on a on a hot day and it can be quite humid even in Ireland and even it is this week, it's going to be quite hot. I would electrolyte is the big thing I would go for, which is to get the salts and the sugars replenished in your body after you've been for a run and you've sweat a lot. Yeah. So you really need to top up on the electrolytes. Okay. And that's, it's not really a supplement, but it's a, it's, it's kind of something you put into water to make it taste better. And so you're more likely to drink more. And there's a bit of salt and sugar in it. So you can make it yourself with lemon juice and, you know, a bit of maple syrup and a bit of salt. Or you can go off down to the health shop or the sports shop and pick up one of these supplements and you put a scoop in. But we definitely don't need as much as people think. And definitely not, you know, if you go into any of these shops, it's I can't believe the size of the packages of these things are. <laughs> You know, it's it's like who's who's eating it, who's drinking this stuff. I guess because like it's it's not that so expensive to make, they have to justify it being in that large quantity for them to charge what they need to make anything off it. If you can make it yourself, then what would be the point in going down? But you're right; they're in these massive like vats of. You, you know, whey protein is the is the one that everybody sees everywhere. But I guess the supplement that was on my mind was something to help our joints like uh, I would uh, I have this thing that I need to be taking cod liver oil or something to glucosamine to help with my joints to have you looked in you say you've tried most things have you tried that do these things work I did yeah I for a while there I used to do aloe vera which had glucosamine in it and I found that very good but I haven't had it recently because I just haven't ordered it but I think, you know, you can, a lot of these things, it depends on what you read over the weekend <laughs> and or what you heard or what people listen to us now. They might all be out there buying some electrolytes and glucosamine because they think, oh, it's a good meal. Yeah, go and really good. And mm. that's what I, how the supplement industry works. It's word of mouth and recommendations and, you know, you really have to find what works for you. But I think the main thing, you know, for most people who are out there just starting running, you know, you can get away with an electrolyte. And for me, that is basically water, lemon juice, sugar and salt that it's as simple as that. And a banana, you know, to as soon as you finish your run, when you feel like often if I run, I don't feel like eating straight away afterwards. But as soon as you're ready to run, a banana can go down pretty smoothly. Mm. Or you could get one of these drinks. Sometimes it's easier to drink something than to eat something straight after running. Um, and that's when you might have one of these drinks, a protein drink. So I, I'm a big fan of SIS would be my favorite. It's very simple and basic. And like I don't I buy it myself. I don't I'm not sponsored to talk about this. Mm. But that's just one that I've narrowed down and I just keep it simple. And, you know, I don't have a big tub of it in the cupboard I have a few different sachets because I'm not running far enough or fast enough these days to warrant needing so much of that you know so okay. you know a small container will last me a good while so I think you know the problem with a lot of these supplements and particularly the drinks is that people think they need all the time and there's actually quite a lot of calories in them and you know you don't really want that you'd have to be going on a juice diet if you have too many of them and you know, you'd rather be eating good food. And I think that's a, a big focus is to, you know, fuel yourself with proper food first, fruit and vegetables. And then the supplements are really just there to, I would say, one, to make you drink more because we all need to be hydrated probably more than we are, um, especially when it's humid outside. Like the sun might not be shining, but the air is humid. So you're losing a lot of water and salts while doing activity mm. and then you know if you need something after a long run or a fast run you know a recovery 
drink with a little bit of protein and carbohydrate in it just to give yourself a little bit of a boost while you're waiting to have your next meal. Connor Doheny in uh, Singapore, I think it is. I just want to double check where he is. He's talking about that running in humidity or running when your heart rate seems to be going all over the shop. I mean, right now outside my window, it is nearly 29 degrees here in St. Albans where I live. I obviously have to go for a run later on. But when Connor sent this message in, I was like, a hundred percent this is a concern he says uh, great work on the new areas in the podcast I have a question for sonia uh, uh, living in singapore i routinely have to run in 30 degree temperatures and zero humidity and i find my heart rate is going mental trying to cool down any tips on running in these temperatures and anything i can do to increase my speed and i think that's where we'll have to go next because a few people are asking about how they can increase their speed. But first, let's deal with that first half of this. Would you have any tips on running in these kind of temperatures, given that you've lived in Australia for a good long while? Yeah, the humidity is tough. I I don't like it myself, running in humidity. And it's one that you have to, I suppose, I suppose if you live in a place where it's humid all the time, you should be able to build up a kind of a a tolerance level and uh, be like you're acclimatized to running in a place like that but i think the the biggest thing with that is to be cool before you go out to run and right. and then i suppose when you come back if you can cool down when you come back so if there's a you know room to jump into a swimming pool then that that's ideal <laughs> yeah. into the get sea. a swimming pool connor that's <laughs> sonia's advice <laughs> get really successful and have a house with a pool in it my my neighbor una <laughs> gave me a a runner's fan. I don't know if you've ever heard of these, but they literally go around your neck. You don't feel them. They're light as a feather. But at a certain point in the run, you can pop it on and it will blow cool air onto your face. I don't know if that's an idea for Connor, because certainly Uh, over uh, here, there's enough of a breeze. I haven't seen that, but I have seen some athletes in the past, you know, running in championship marathons where Oftentimes it can be in a humid and hot mm. place and they get some kind of a scarf thing that they tie around their neck. And I'm pretty sure that they it's somehow it's got some water crystals in it. And maybe you keep you have to look this up now where to find one of these. But I've definitely seen people use it. And I think they put it into the freezer before they go out for a run. And then you put it. Keeps your kind of it's like pulse areas isn't it that oh, you know if you yes um, i'm looking it up now the, i think they call it an flow. ice bandana is that is that what it is yeah a bandana that's it yeah 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 that's so the exactly basic what it idea is, yeah. is that it's to get a cool surface onto areas of your body of thermosensitivity and that 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 will do it and they say that you can make these on your own you don't even need to uh, get nike to do it but yeah no i'm sure you could just i'm sure if you just wet it and you put it into your freezer overnight and then put it around your neck you'd be away yeah okay. um now i have known people to do this in australia it was very funny one time i was away with some young athletes and they, it was going to be really hot on the day of the race so they had put these towels into the freezer filled with water but then of course they came out and they were like a board <laughs> and you couldn't even bend them. <laughs> so, but maybe a bandana might be a bit more flexible and maybe you freeze it up, but then you store it in the fridge rather than letting it go rock hard so that, you know, you don't have that not very nice feeling around your neck. Like if, the other thing you can do is if you're out for a run and you stop in, in, a, in a toilet or, a, you know, a water fountain or something. And often if I do this, I find when I wash my hands, I then throw some water over my neck and I kind of instinctively do this. And then that cools you down for when you head back out again. So, yeah, the neck must be a good area. And I'd say around your wrists as well would help if you can get something cool on there or just run some water over it before you head out. OK, well, I think that'll answer uh, Connor's question anyway. They, yeah. uh, be sure to pop up on the electrolytes on the way into. Yeah. You know, the other kind of passing the final sentence of his thing about improving speed, I guess, relates to the next few questions that we've got in here. And. Uh, Laura Lydon just punched this one in at the last very second. And that is about changing your gait. Like I definitely caught 
a glimpse of myself <laughs> in a reflective surface <laughs> while I was out running. And I was like, holy shit, is that what I look like when I'm running? I was maybe it was just because I was flustered in the moment. Maybe it was because I was on kilometer number four. But I thought I was running like a like an a, an ad, you know, <laughs> Like, like the ads for this show. But instead, my my gait was so small. I was like, I'm taking these tiny running steps. And I was like, this can't be how this is going to be for me. Am I ever uh, meant to like I was so focused on going slow and steady wins the race. And Sonia says, don't overdo it. Take it handy. Increase your mileage slowly that I think maybe I'm developing this kind of run that, you know, you'll see. You know what I'm talking about here, right, Sonia? I do. But uh, am um, I... Am I, am, I know. I, but am I... I, know. I but I, right, so I know. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? But am I going to... Yeah. Do I have at some point... Are you at some point going to say, now it's time, Jared, that you, you, you lengthen your stride a little bit? Yeah, we can ramp things up a little bit. Um, I know the feeling. I've seen it myself. It's re- This is one thing where people, you know, can look at themselves. If you get a video of yourself running, and, like, I know we all, when we're out there running, and sometimes you feel like you're flying along, and, you know, you're if you're running past cars that are stuck in traffic, you feel like you're absolutely gliding like a gazelle. <laughs> and then if someone were to show you a video of yourself running, and I know I've seen videos of myself running when I was running at a high level, of course, you know, in the yeah. Olympics. And that looks, that, you know, that's a different level altogether. But if I see a video of myself running now and, you know, I see it, I know, oh, my God, do I really look like that? <laughs> um, I imagine I'm running much better than I am. So I would think a lot of people probably feel the same way. Okay. Because and there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that because you know if you feel good running and you imagine that you're running you know like an Olympic athlete, and then you realise you're not, you can't dwell on that. I think you'd have to accept it, but you can improve things and you know maybe it is time to ramp things up a little bit here now and you know maybe maybe you want to wait until next week because you don't take any risks before the big event mm. on the weekend. But one really good idea is at the end of your run to include some faster strides. So this could be 80 meters to 100 meters. So about 20 seconds, maybe 25 seconds, depending on, you know, how fast you are, where you run at about 80 percent effort. So you're definitely running faster than you have been at any point up to now. And for that short distance, so maximum 100 meters, and then you walk back and you do it again and you walk back and you do it again. And you can do this four, maybe six times, start off with four. And you do this at the end of an easy run, initially once a week, then maybe twice a week. Um, And then we might even include it where you're running up a hill. So it just kind of brings in a little bit of different dynamics because definitely when you change your pace, your stride length will differ and it's not a, it's not always perfect to have a big long stride sometimes the cadence the quicker you move your feet um can actually get you there faster as well so it just gives you a little bit of different things to think about while running and also engages different energy systems and different muscles and you know something short and nice like that um, you could even get mikey to come out there and join you for that yeah and provide a little bit of provide a little bit of competition and fun and you know that's when you're with people running it's always nice if you do stop and do a few strides at the end you do the hard run and then you walk back and you have a chat and then you go again and it just adds a little bit extra to your running and you know it's definitely something worthwhile doing it's particularly you know as for me as I get a little bit older and you can think that you shouldn't be running you know fast or faster but to just kind of I suppose, have your muscles remember, you know, the ability to run fast every now and then is no harm to to re-engage. It's no harm to do that. That's a really good answer. And uh, 
I guess uh, we're coming close to the end now because it's amazing how fast these chats go. And like you said, we're, our goal always in the beginning of this, uh, when Sonia and I discussed it, was to keep the chats to a half an hour so that people could enjoy them on their run and not have that thing of going on. I'll listen to the rest of that later. But this has this has flown by Helen Buckley Hoffman asks this this question and I'm sure there's others who have this too started running eight years ago and did it all very carefully with the help of a book in order to do a charity 5k really enjoyed the process though it wasn't by any means a runner inverted commas developed Achilles tendonitis which took years and lots of physio to recover from and still comes back to haunt me from time to time I'd love to start running again with you and Sonia, but probably think it's not a good idea. Would be interested to hear Sonia's thoughts. I wouldn't sue her <laughs> if it came back. I like that little proviso at the end. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think, though, the Sonia, when we get asked these questions, because I sent you one during the week of somebody talking about posture and you know, there's it, it goes without saying, but sometimes it's worth saying that obviously this is just Sonia's opinion. These are not medical pieces of advice. And if you really have a, an issue, then obviously the first port of call is a specialist, whether it is just your GP or uh, somebody, a physio or, or somebody along those lines. But what do you say to Helen here? I, I know my my gut tells me don't do it, Helen. This is <laughs> if it's coming back without running, don't do this. Well, I you know I think you know the Achilles is definitely a tricky one. I've had a few Achilles injuries down through the years, and it's one that I would always be nervous about now when I'm running. That you know if that were to come back, I know it's a kind of a long, slow process to to get over it again. So. I do everything I can to avoid that. And, you know, a lot of Achilles is caused a lot by faster running and running, you know, on your toes, maybe running in shoes that are not very supportive. And also even just from walking around and things like flip flops and slides, slides, which would be, I don't know, that's, I don't know, is that an Australian term or is it? Oh, I know the yoke you're shoes, talking about. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're like flip flops, but there's no thing between your toe. And a lot, there's been a lot of issues with these recently because a lot of people have been working from home and I'm guilty of this myself. And you just walk around in these little flip-flop sandals mm. all day long. And so there's no support on your Achilles. Yeah. So I would say, you know, there's, there's very few injuries that you can't, you know, say that you would never run again from. I think it's just a matter of managing it and, you know, Again, I think, you know, you've got to find somebody out there to help you with this, to, a physio or someone to give you a plan of action that can manage and help you to get back running pain free and to guide you with a number of exercises. And the Achilles is one of those areas where there's a lot of research being done on it. And there's a lot of things that you can do to build up the muscles and allow you to run again. And, you know, I have done this myself and... You know, I know it's possible to run. I've never had Achilles surgery, which is where a lot of people go down that route. Mm. But it's one of those, yeah, you know, I suppose the term your Achilles heel would be your weakness. And it's one which can be quite weak, but you can actually build it up and strengthen it and and get back running again. But it's, it's, it's a slow process, but it's definitely worth it. Okay, well, this is the final question. Tom Corcoran is mad keen to get those 10 stretches that you talked about to me on a Corona pod a while back. You sent me the image. I don't know where it went. But, you know, Tom raises the point that, you know, if you run in the morning before you head to the desk, that you stand up very tight after it. Is there any preventing that or like, even Mikey this weekend, his first week back at school, he was like, I've got terrible tightness in my hamstrings and glutes. And I was like, Mikey doesn't use the term glutes, by the way. <laughs> he just said his butt. <laughs> but I just look, Mikey, you're running more. You're, you know, you're 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 using your legs more than you were in homeschool it is part of, you know, the kind of residual pain that we're going to have 
some of it is just down to doing more or is there something we can do to prevent it yeah well i think you know there is a problem with if people if you have a job where you sit down a lot during the day and you know you need to i don't know maybe set yourself an alarm or some kind of a you know maybe at you know a certain point of the hour that you get up and you walk walk around you know if you have to sit down for a long period of time but i think yet a changing of position can help a lot because it is a problem if you sit you know if you work on your computer and you're sitting for a long time and you're in that fixed position when you stand up of course you're going to be feeling pain and you need to stretch out a little bit but if you you know can stretch out regularly throughout the day and even maybe look into changing the position so you're not always sitting at the same desk maybe you can you know walk around with your laptop if mm, that's possible switch it up and move it to even move it even to a higher you know position mm. like i have a tall i don't have it here but a taller stack of drawers and you sit the laptop on top of that or i what i've seen other people do actually that works is if you get your laptop and if you sit it on a stack of big books like you know big cookbooks or something yeah and then you change your head position automatically and then your arms and your shoulders move up as well then it can it can help and i think yeah i think changing your position throughout the day is very important and you know if you can get up and go for a walk around every hour you know while you're on a phone call or something stand up and chat then it may help to alleviate some of that you know just getting stuck in one position yeah 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 yeah. the tightness that that's well that's it i mean my only other question in my own head was what is muscle confusion and does it whatever this kind of in vogue term that i keep hearing as any place in what we're trying to do here Muscle confusion. What's that? I've never heard that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know muscles could think. <laughs> you can't confuse muscles, no, right? There's definitely muscle memory is one thing. Where, yes. And that, you know, it's like when you start back out running again and you feel terrible, but then all of a sudden your muscles realize, oh, we're going for a run again. Okay, we'll, we'll kick into action. And mm. they know what to do. And it's similar when you're riding a bike or going for a swim okay i've, ju- um, I've just looked it up memory. myself here i've just looked it up and it is the concept that touts constantly changing your workouts as in kickboxing class on a monday pilates the next day and a different routine the following week and science shows it's not the best strategy for improved performance in a particular discipline so there that's really it that idea well, that people think it, it they depends. should be changing it up constantly well it- it depends on what you're trying to achieve, I think, you know, I mean, if you want to run a fast marathon time, then you really have to focus on running and the specifics of that. Mm. But if you just want to be generally fit and, you know, run a decent marathon or a decent 5K, then I think it's a good idea to, you know, vary your exercise a bit rather than doing the same thing all the time. Because yeah. if you You'll do the same mad. running all the time, then, well, and also... It's very repetitive and like anything, if it's repetitive, then you're more likely to experience an injury along the way. Um, Whereas if you take a break from something and, you know, a rest day can be an active rest day. So you might go for a cycle or a swim or a walk or do a little bit of gym work or Pilates or yoga, you know, but I think that's when it becomes more mental training, you know, that you feel like you need to be doing something like you should be going for a run, but you know going for a run isn't going to be a positive because you're a bit too stiff and sore and you need a rest. Mm. So that's when you need to think, okay, I need to do something different here now just to satisfy my need to do some exercise or to be a little bit active today. Well, this is it this weekend, Sonia, the uh, Ireland Funds 5K, remote 5K, wherever you are in the world, lads, you can do it. Our group on Strava is strava.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. I've set it up as an event there. I'd love if everybody who's listening to this even walked it. There's no pressure with this. It's just about raising money for a really good cause. What would you say to me, Sonia, in the lead up to this? Like, I'm pretty uh, amazed at how this is going, to be honest. I didn't have a load of optimism, but Honestly, the support of 
the listeners and those members on Strava has really buoyed me up and really made me feel like I'm not on my own doing this. Even the old nod and the wave of the other runners, I've just felt that running is a lot less solitary than I previously thought it to be. Yeah, well, you found your community, I think, on our Strava webpage and then also by setting up the event this weekend to link in with the Ireland Funds 5K. So I think, you know, I would still go for a couple of runs this week and, you know, you could do a couple of strides maybe at the end of one of your runs. Mm. Have you run yesterday? Uh, No, I'm about to go. I've Tom Von Lawler on the show at two o'clock, but I'm thinking about ducking out in in between. Um, Yeah, you could do a quick run. Yeah. Sometimes you go for a quick run and you run faster because you think you have to be back quicker. (laughs) Yeah, well, we established during the week that one of my best methods of running fast is to have the smartwatch on 10% battery. Now, here's me giving the listeners a little bit of uh, knowledge. If you are like me, the run didn't happen unless it is measured on Strava or Garmin or whatever uh, smartwatch you're using. But if you put a battery on 10%, you're going to run like a madman to get home and get every step counted. So that's my tip this week uh, for what it's worth. Uh, Sonia, this has been great and I'm sure we'll do another mailbag down the road. Do you want to pick a winner of thepaddybox.com, our giveaway for best question this week? Do you want to pick one out or will I? I'll, I'll have the name if you can remember the, the question you enjoyed the most. I really liked the guy, um, the one about runners high. Our first question. I yeah. thought that that was amazing. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that one. That was Damien. Because uh, I was aware of that before we started today. So I was thinking about it a bit and what it meant to me. Yeah. And, you know, I think it means a lot of different things to lots of different people. So it's definitely one that gets people thinking. And a lot of our runners might be out there thinking, now, am I really getting this? And so I think that is the question that will give people something to think, think about, yeah. you know, especially this week and, and particularly after the event on the weekend. So, yeah, Congra- we'll go with that. Congratulations, who, who that? Damien Byrne, on uh, winning the Paddy Box. It will be sent to your house. I will get your uh, address. I, it's going to be full of treats. I hope that doesn't throw your training off track. But uh, my apologies. I yeah, save it save till the, the end. Now, yeah, yeah, the till after <laughs> the event. <laughs> uh, my apologies to anybody that sent in a, me- uh, a question that we didn't get to. Keep them coming because I reckon we should just have one brilliant audience question each week on the show. I have uh, a few guests lined up coming up later in the series. I've been talking to a few different people that I will reveal later on and still to talk through with Sonia. But a couple of people got in touch with some incredible guests that I can't wait to uh, put on the show. So for this week, Sonia, an absolute bumper episode of Irishman Running Abroad. My thanks to our chosen charity partner, Jigsaw.ie. Check out their work and maybe throw in a donation to them this week. To Brian Connolly, our producer, and Tina and Mikey for making it all possible. I will be back on Friday with Marion McKeown as the US election hots up. But uh, Sonia, that's it. Thank you so much for uh, giving us so much of your time today. No, you're very welcome. Enjoy the week's running and I look forward to check out all the results on the weekend. I know, it's it's exciting. I can't wait. Talk to you then. See you, Sonia. Talk to you soon. Bye.